Our topic this morning is, does truth matter? I have 10 short videos, five, six minutes each, uh, on truthmatters.tv, truthmatters.tv, um, which are uh, looking at different issues, and the theme, uh, does truth matters, comes from that. Uh, we will reflect a little bit upon the final verse of 1 Kings 17 when the widow of Zarephath says to Elijah, now I know what the theologians in Israel do not know. Now I know what the priests in Jerusalem no longer know, that you are a man of God and the words of the Lord from your mouth are truth. His, he had said that you shall not die, and her son lived. Uh, I know I'm an illiterate woman. Uh, I've never been to school. But I know that you're a man of God, and your words, words of a man, are actually words of God, and they are true. You said that my flour and my oil will not uh, finish after the last meal, and the next morning, I actually found there was flour left. And I thought that maybe she, I had miscalculated. Uh, but then there was uh, enough to make bread even the third day and the fourth day. And I began to think that you're a magician. Uh, but uh, now I know that you're actually a man of God. And the word of the Lord from your mouth is truth. It gives life. Uh, it gives abundant life. Uh, Jesus says in John 8, and we will meditate upon it, that he says to his disciples that if you abide in my word, you will know the story, and the stories will set you free. Now that's what average American theologian is saying today. That the Bible is stories, and if you abide in his word, he was, he was a great storyteller. You will know the stories and the stories will set you free. But actually Jesus says that if you abide in my word, if you meditate upon my word and practice it, obey it, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now we've talked during the interview about India, but let's begin with the situation of the West today. Uh, President Joe Biden nominated uh, Mrs. Jackson uh, as a nominee for the Supreme Court bench. Uh, he's had the opportunity only to nominate one uh, justice for the Supreme Court. And she is the only uh, Protestant, elapsed Protestant. He's a lapsed Roman Catholic who nominated the first lapsed a Protestant to the Supreme Court bench. Uh, before that, President Trump, nom uh, who had the evangelical vote behind him, he nominated three candidates for the Supreme Court. All three of them were Roman Catholics. Before that, uh, Obama, who is a Protestant, and uh, uh, George Bush Jr. and President Clinton, and President Senior Bush, and President Reagan, all six of them 
are Protestant presidents. They could not find in America one single Protestant, a nation with 60% claim to be Protestant. He could not find one Protestant to be nominated, six uh, presidents, several of them born again, uh, four of them Republicans. They couldn't find a pro president who could be nominated uh, to uh, the Supreme Court bench. This is the state of the United States of America. Now, Mrs. Jackson was asked during the nomination process, what is a woman? How do you define a woman? She's being nominated because she's a woman, and she's being asked during the nomination process, uh, how do you define a woman? And she could not define, she refused to define what a woman is. Why can't the learned judges and professors and politicians and Supreme Court judges know what a woman is? Why can't a school teacher, someone who is teaching math and biology and physics and geography and history and literature to high school students know whether a particular student is a boy or a girl? How has the Western civilization become so confused, so lost, if you can't define what a woman is, how can you define what marriage is? How can you know what love is? Because physiology, chromosomes, they no longer define what is a male, what's a female. Uh, then it's a matter of feelings that today you feel you're a woman, tomorrow you feel you want to be a male. Uh, if uh, your physiology is a matter of feeling, uh, not an objective facts of what your chromosomes are, then certainly love is a matter of feelings. So today uh, you are attracted to oh, males, tomorrow you are attracted to females, uh, uh, and if love is based upon, uh, marriage is based upon love, uh, the one you loved yesterday, you hate today, your feelings change. How can uh, the wise rulers of the West know what marriage is, what divorce is, what, what is sex, and what is children, uh, etc.? The uh, Western civilization is in a disarray. Many years ago, I gave a series of lectures at the University of Minnesota uh, entitled, Must the Sun Set on the West? Those lectures are on YouTube, and it will be uh, good for you to watch them. There are a number of people who watch them many times. Must the sunset on the West. Is this a reflection that the sun is setting on the West? And why is the sun setting on the West? I have another lecture on YouTube uh, given in a Lutheran church in 2014. Since then, I have done a lot more uh, reflection and thinking. Uh, th that lecture is called, Why Christianity Lost America. So this confusion of Mrs. Jackson in nominating, she is now the Supreme Court Justice, uh, her inability to define what a woman is, is... Um, uh, actually an expression that Christianity has lost the West. Christianity has lost America. 
There are many reasons in that particular lecture uh, called uh, Why Christianity Lost America. I give my 9.5 thesis, nine and a half reasons why uh, Christianity has lost America. Number one reason is that Christianity abandoned truth. I won't talk about all the other reasons. You can watch that lecture and many more subsequent lectures and Facebook posts. But the great tragedy of the West is that Protestantism built history's greatest nations, greatest universities, but Protestantism split into two streams uh, uh, because of the Enlightenment. Uh, one was a liberal theological stream, one was an evangelical theological stream. Both the streams gave up truth. Liberalism thought that the knowledge of truth comes to us through human reason, which includes empirical experience through our senses. So empiricism included in rationalism uh, that human being through his logic, through his mind, through his brain, through his senses uh, and scientific instruments can know the truth. This was secular rationalism, uh, which um, was embraced by secular or liberal theology. And uh, as secularism discovered, secular philosophy uh, discovered, that actually human mind cannot know the truth. Uh, this was the summary of my uh, studies in philosophy, that by the time I was done, I knew that my professors knew that the philosophers knew that they don't know, and that they cannot know. They had come to the same conclusion as the Buddha and the uh, uh, Upanishads in India had come to uh, more than 2,500 years ago, that human mind cannot know the truth, human words cannot communicate the truth. Words have nothing to do with truth because in the beginning is no word. In the beginning is silence. The other stream, evangelical uh, theological stream, also abandoned truth. It abandoned truth because it misinterpreted the Reformation, uh, sola fide, faith alone. That salvation is by faith alone, truth is irrelevant. So evangelicalism, uh, symbolized by people such as great people such as Billy Graham, who was genuinely great man, um, that salvation is by faith alone, truth is irrelevant. They read 1 Timothy 2.4, 1 Timothy 2.4, and maybe uh, the, if the audio people, video people can uh, project it on the screen. Paul says, and this is how evangelicals read it, Paul says, God wants all men to be saved and go to heaven. Right? God wants all men to be saved and go to heaven. This is how the evangelicals read 1 Timothy 2.4. But Paul says God wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. 
God wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Because faith enslaves, truth liberates. That's why Paul is telling Timothy, he's telling Titus, he's reminding Christians not to be enslaved by Greek or Roman myths, mythology, European mythology. Faith in falsehood enslaves. Satan is out to deceive the nations, enslave them. Son of God came to purchase slaves of Satan with his blood to make them sons of God. I was a slave of sin. Jesus purchased me, made me son of God. That's freedom. How does Satan enslave? Revelation 20, the passage on the millennium tells us twice that Satan is out to deceive the nation. It begins in Garden of Eden when he tries to deceive Eve, uh, but his mission is to deceive the nations. And the universities have become the source of West's darkness, source of West's deception, and uh, this is, uh, how did this happen? Why did Christianity lose America? And I will use that in order to uh, uh, come back to the original question, why is it that the Supreme Court Chief Justice, uh, uh, Supreme Court of the U uh, Justice in the Supreme Court of the USA does not know what a woman is? Well, the only way you can define a woman is in contrast to a man. Are men and women different? Secular intellectuals, the university, the parliaments, the media, Hollywood, they have a very difficult problem. They cannot say that men and women are different. If men and women are different, how can they be equal? They cannot be different if they're equal. Uh, this is an intellectual dilemma that the West has. The only way to define what a woman is, to define uh, her in contrast to a male. If they are not different, you can't define a woman. What's the implication? So I'm using this problem of gender confusion, LGBTQ plus revolution that has happened only as an illustration, does truth matter? If truth does not matter, if truth does not exist, if truth is a matter of subjective feelings and opinions, a girl can be a boy tomorrow, a boy can be a girl tomorrow, uh, because the feelings change. Uh, how has uh, the West been so lost, so darkened, the Western mind, that the most educated of our leaders have become incapable of defining what a woman is and therefore what marriage is, what family is, what love is, what nation is, etc. So, what happened, I'll just use America as an illustration, although Australia's cultural roots go back to England, but intellectually during the last hundred years, America has been the dominant force. Um, it was in 1840s that the 
uh, Secretary of the Board of Education in the state of Massachusetts, Horace Mann, M-A-N-N, he began to say that church should not educate children because uh, state should educate. Until that point, education was ministry of the church. Roman Catholic Church uh, um, invented the institution of the university because uh, in the fourth century, fifth century, um, St. Augustine had said that mind is God's greatest gift to man. So to be godly, you have to cultivate your mind. So when a young boy of 13, 14 went to a monastery, Augustinian, Cistercian, Franciscan monastery, uh, to see God, he studied philosophy, he studied literature, he studied languages, grammar, mathematics, astronomy, etc. Both the um, quadrivium and trivium. But uh, leaving that detail aside, so these uh, monasteries where, where young men were trying to, and then nuns, girls, were trying to become godly, they were studying philosophy, they were cultivating their minds. Out of some of these universities, including Oxford and Cambridge, grew to be universities. So universities uh, were, came out of the, uh, these monasteries, and some of them came out of cathedral schools, uh, because, such as Paris, the University of Paris was a cathedral school, uh, because to be godly, to become godlike, to govern God's unique creation as his children, you have to cultivate your mind. Uh, but as how do you cultivate your mind? Chapel was the most important. If you go to Oxford and Cambridge, uh, in every traditional college, chapel is the most important building. But that's where students met. Initially seven times a day, then five times a day, and then morning and evening, which still happens now. Uh, the first college without a chapel was built only in 1977 or so because Francis Crick, who decoded uh, uh, the genetic code, he insisted that he will teach only in a college which has no chapel. Therefore, the first chapel had to be built uh, without, first college had to be built without a chapel. Um, but as this enlightenment movement picked up, beginning with uh, Rene Descartes, uh, that we don't need revelation. Human reason is sufficient to know the truth, which was demolished by uh, David Hume, Scottish philosopher, and others, that actually human mind cannot know the truth. Uh, the pessimism, that by the time of Nietzsche, God is dead, which means spirit realm is dead, which means you are not a spiritual being, you are a physical being, you do have feelings, and your feelings ultimately, um, after Freud, uh, which is long history that we cannot recount today, uh, uh, came to a point that not your phys body, uh, but your mind, your feelings determine whether you are a male or a female, etc. Uh, so this whole shift of uh, the, we cannot know what you are because you're not a soul, you're not a spirit being. At the root of it was the theological idea that Genesis 1 to 11 is not truth, is not history. 
Genesis tells us that God said, let's make man in our image. He made man in his image, male and female, for two of them to be one flesh so that they can become three, have babies. This is not God's revelation. This is not God's word. Uh, these are stories which trying to make a point of a, this is not truth because somebody wrote it God doesn't know how to speak. He didn't write. He didn't give his word. If these are stories, then we have to decide what the truth is. If God doesn't know how to speak, and if God hasn't spoken, then man has to know what the truth is, and man has to decide. So, Horace Mann is saying that church should not educate State should educate. Why? Because if the church educates, church will teach divisive doctrines such as Trinity. A student doesn't need to learn about Trinity. Student needs to learn that he should not, she should honor his father and his mother. He should not covet his friend's pencil or lunchbox. Um, so teach him Ten Commandments, teach him the Bible for ethics, but not for doctrine, as we recited the Apostles' Creed today, uh, that doctrines are unnecessary uh, to be taught. Truth uh, does not need to be taught. Practical subjects need to be taught. This was his, he became uh, a, a congressman elected to the House of Representatives in Washington, D.C. Uh, by 1850 or so, he had the national platform to build this argument. Now, for theological reasons, American church had already begun to turn against the universities. So all the early universities, 116 out of 118 uh, and colleges in America were started by the church. Harvard was a, a congregational uh, university, congregational church started Harvard, Presbyterians started Princeton and Yale and then Anglicans and Methodists. They were all starting uh, colleges and universities in America. Uh, but church should not educate because then church will teach divisive doctrines such as Trinity. Now, he was a Unitarian. Horace Mann was a Unitarian, and therefore he did not want churches that believe that Jesus is God, Holy Spirit is God, to be uh, teaching these divisive doctrines to children. Uh, well, I will have to skip what happened with uh, John Dewey, etc., after World War I, before World War I, to the education scene in America. Uh, but just focus on this. The, why did the church accept uh, the argument? In Europe, this had ha happened earlier. In 1832 is the first time in Europe after Napoleon that the European church began to surrender education to the state. The Roman Catholic Church invented the institution of the university. Our Protestant movement built the best and the greatest universities and colleges and education throughout Europe. After Napoleon, impact of the French Revolution, etc., the church began to surrender education to the state. But state is not an institution baptized with the spirit of truth. Although evangelical theology, Pentecostals, Charismatics, they don't talk about that the spirit with whom Jesus baptizes the church is spirit of truth, 
wisdom, knowledge, understanding. They've made the spirit as an irrational force with which uh, God baptizes his church. But uh, Pentecostalism did not identify the Holy Spirit with a spirit of irrationality. This was an evangelical movement. And why it happened was because on 4th of July, 1776, when America declared its independence, the Declaration of Independence, it had a significant philosophical shift when Jefferson first wrote, we hold these truths to be sacred that all men are created equal and are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, etc. These are endowed by the creator, and we learn human rights, human dignity, human equality through sacred books. This was impact of George Whitfield and the first great awakening in the USA uh, that all men are created equal, slaves and slave owners. But Benjamin Franklin put pressure on Jefferson to change the language. So the language was no longer we hold these truths to be sacred, revealed in sacred scriptures, but we hold these truths to be self-evident, derived from common sense. This was impact of rationalism with because of Thomas Paine, uh, uh, Benjamin Franklin changed the language and the tragedy of America was that American theologians began to defend the nonsense of common sense. That the knowledge of truth comes to us through common sense. It's common sense that all men are created equal. You ask a high school student in America today that, do you believe that all men are created equal? Created, nobody is created. Everybody has evolved. So did all men evolve equal? Well, our class teacher never discussed it, but uh, evolution is a theory to explain inequality. Inequality is self-evident. All men and women have evolved unequal. Why did we evolve? That's what the theory of evolution explains. So what was seen as self-evident that all human beings are created equal, this was not self-evident. No one in America in 1776 believed that slaves and slave owners are equal. Benjamin Franklin himself and Jefferson had lots of slaves. No one believed that men and women are equal. This was revealed in sacred scriptures and expounded by George Whitfield. But American theologians, quoting Romans 1 and 2, that God's law is written in human heart, began to deceive generations of Americans, and through them the whole world was deceived that these are self-evident truth. They're not. It was never self-evident to Peter or James that Jews and Gentiles are equal. It, God had to, Jesus had to rebuke Peter. Paul had to fight and confront Peter before the truth of human equality sunk into the uh, first church. 
uh, in, particularly in Antioch and then in Jerusalem Council in Acts 15. So human equality is not a self-evident truth. This is a revealed truth. Human rights are not self-evident truth. That's why the Prime Minister of India can encourage and support and the police distribute weapons to Hindus to kill Muslims and to kill Christians. The human rights are not self-evident. They are revealed truth. God has said, you shall not kill. And that is what gives an inalienable right to life to individuals. Anyway, American theology deceived America, deceived the world, that human mind was capable of knowing the truth. And now we have come to this point where we are today. I have to skip a lot of points and bring this, uh, uh, these rabbits trail to a conclusion. So, church, what had happened once uh, American theology began to say, yes, these truths are uh, self-evident truth, they are common sense derived truth. By 1804, within a generation, Harvard University was lost. Harvard University, finally in 1805, appointed the first Unitarian uh, as practically the dean. There was a, only one chair in America at that time, University Church, which was an endowed chair, and that was given to a Unitarian, which created a lot of conflict in the board. Uh, the board had become Unitarian. He was a good man, a good scholar. His point was that I love Jesus, I love the Bible, uh, but it is not self-evident to me that one Father, one Son, one Holy Spirit, different from each other, make one God. One plus one plus one is not one. So I cannot be a, unit, a Trinitarian. Uh, Trinitarianism is an absurd, self-contradictory doctrine. Uh, so the Trinitarian theologians left Harvard, eventually they joined Yale University. The Trinitarians fought the board battles year after year, but they kept losing. They not only lost Harvard, they began to lose every single university. So by the time of D.L. Moody, 1670, uh, 1870s, 1880s, the evangelical mind in America that believed the Bible, that believed the necessity of salvation, uh, began to see university, the life of the mind, as evil. And a whole tradition grew up in America. Send your children up to high school, but don't send them to college, certainly not to study science, not to the university, which was started by Protestants. Don't send them to the university. Send them to Moody Bible Institute or Wheaton College or Dallas Theological College or Biola, or Fuller Biola was, now it's a university back then, it was Bible Institute of Los Angeles. So whole evangelical movement, out of which came the Pentecostal movement, became an anti-intellectual movement. Send your children to high school, don't send them to university, don't let them study science. Otherwise, they will lose faith. Mind became evil, which St. Augustine has said is the greatest gift that God has given and should be cultivated. Now, <clears throat> to conclude, so here is Horace Mann saying the church should not educate Church accepting that, American church accepting that, and this had happened in Europe as well, the church accepting that because the church has 
uh, put its faith in human mind and common sense, in self-evident truth, and found that actually it doesn't work. So it turned against mind, and then it began to misinterpret sola fide, by faith alone, that salvation is by faith alone, truth is irrelevant. It began to misinterpret, evangelical movement began to misinterpret sola scriptura, the scriptures alone, to mean that we shouldn't study science, we shouldn't study philosophy, we shouldn't study logic and all the rest of it. Go to the Bible seminary, study uh, scriptures alone. You should read Greek, but not to read Plato or Aristotle, but to read the scriptures, the New Testament. So the Western church lost the West, and we have created this situation that you have Supreme Court judges, you have parliamentarians, you have journalists who can, do not know what is male and what is female. Why not? And that's the conclusion. Does truth matter? Well, they do not know because they have an intellectual problem. How can we say that men and women are different and assert that men and women are the same? That Father and Son and the Holy Spirit are different, yet there is only one God, it's same. By rejecting Trinity, you have rejected the basis, the philosophical, metaphysical, epistemological grounds by saying men and women are different, but they are same. So a whole culture that has rejected the truth that we do not want to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, we do not want to be immersed into triune God, you have, as a culture, destroyed the basis for marriage and family. You have destroyed the foundation for saying men and women are different, those differences have to be respected and accepted, yet they are same, both made in God's image, to govern. So you see the problem. Thankfully we have Q&A, so I can stop now. Uh, that in rejecting truth, Western civilization has destroyed the, and one of the most important sources of its strength, which was family of a man and woman coming together uh, to commit themselves to love each other, uh, whether their chemistry is promoting love or hatred, you know, whether they're angry, whether they're fighting, but to love each other until death do us part uh, in richness or in poverty, uh, in health or in uh, sickness, that we will love uh, each other, that stable family which builds and nurtures great children who can establish that dominion over the earth. All of this is destroyed uh, because the truth that truth comes to us through revelation, that this is God's word, that God said, let's make man in our image. He's different than animals. Let's make man in our image. Uh, he made them male and female. 
in the image of triune God, two of them to be one so that they become three, nurture family, etc. So that's a brief summary. I'll talk more about India tomorrow at Moore uh, College, uh, but today uh, it's uh, a, just one illustration of why it's very important for the church to baptize the world in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in the truth of triune God. Thank you.